Hey everyone, you are listening to From a People Perspective. I'm your host, Martin Hawk, and I am here today with Jamie from the Leadership Agency. And today we're doing a bit of a unique approach to this because we are basically taking a question that was asked in the Slack group and we are seeking out experts who can help answer some of those questions. And so I've actually known Jamie for, for quite some time, but rather than me going into, into that, I'd, I'd love to, to hear from you and maybe a quick intro from, from yourself to, to the community and we can go from there. Great. Thank you so much, Martin. I, uh, very happy to, to dial in, so to speak to this topic. It's something that, you know, comes up a lot in our day to day. So I'm really excited to provide some, some expertise there and, um, share any knowledge that we have because it is important. And, um, you know, we get the opportunity to work with some of the most impressive companies of our generation and we get to help companies make amazing hires. So, you know, this is what we're doing day in and day out. So really happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess to give more context, the question that was asked in our group was, does anybody have any leadership competency matrix development framework that they're willing to share? They're looking for the key differences between what a director is, what a VP is, what a C-suite is, and anything just in general. So that's a pretty broad question. And I think the one thing to preface that question is, you know, there's, there's, sort of two angles, whether you're hiring someone, which I think, you know, you've got a ton of experience with and what it's like to look at those frameworks when somebody's at a company as well, which you have a ton of experience with as well. So I'm, I'm thinking if we can talk about it from sort of like the beginning stages, if you're thinking from a hiring perspective and then how things might change uh, once, once somebody's onboarded and they've been with the organization for a little bit. Okay, great. Yeah. I think that there's, a couple of different questions, you know, being asked um, just by nature because the response and the information is is heavy, right? So mm-hmm. break it down a bit. So I think to to address your first question or your first point about um, hiring matrix when it comes to to leadership, I think that's really important. So there's two ways: there's quantifiable metrics and details, and then there's the non-quantifiable. Um, metrics and details about leadership. So I'll start with the, the quantifiable ones because I think that's you know important as well. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the the differences between um, you know a C level leader, a VP, and a director. We'll use those three, and then, sure. you know different titles in between, but really they all kind of bubble up to these three main categories and or titles. So. The quantifiable details um, or the measurable differences between these roles essentially comes down to um, some pretty specific and similar um, metrics. So first is, who are these people leading? That's that's the most important way to differentiate um, between a director, a VP, and a C-level. So what I mean by that is a director will likely be leading managers and or people directly. So they may be very hands-on, and I will preface this, that we are using any of these examples or providing any of this information um, specifically for a business-to-business environment. So mm-hmm. um, a director will be a hands-on leading managers, team leaders, or people directly, um, and will likely be reporting into a VP. 
Okay. There will be a lot of leading without title um, at a director level where maybe they're leading the development of a playbook or reporting numbers and specific details into the founder level and or the investment level. But ultimately, they are typically reporting 80% of directors report into a vice president of some sort. The other 20% typically report into a few different leaders where there's maybe a matrix organization where so they'll have like a dotted line into a few different mm-hmm. leaders. And or if they're a, a really um, early stage startup, they'll likely be uh, reporting into um, a C-level or a founder, depending on the stage um, or the line of business. But 80% of directors report into a vice president. A vice president, um, whether it's a VP of sales, a VP of product, whatever it may be, um, will be leading managers um, and or directors. So they're leading leaders. That is a really key differentiator in trying to decide is this person a vice president or they are are they a director and or what are they you know ready to do next and so really analyzing um, who they've led and how they've led them a VP will currently um, be leading a higher level senior leader um, senior level leadership um, director and so on. And they report into, so this is where the, the, the breakdown is a little bit different. A vice president, um, 40% of vice presidents report into a C-level, okay? Um, whether that's, you know, a chief revenue officer or a chief um, product officer, whatever it may be, they're reporting, 40% are reporting into a direct C-level. Mm-hmm. And, um, 20% are reporting into various leaders. So they'll be reporting into the board. They'll be reporting into um, a few different, um, like, again, going back to the matrix, we'll have dotted lines to multiple leaders. And in some cases, um, depending on the size and the growth of the company, they'll be reporting directly into a founder. Right. Okay. Um, a C-level, um, you know, there's a, you know, a few different ways to, to determine this beyond just title. Because sometimes a C-level leader um, or executive may not have a C-level title. So it is a little bit more ambiguous because um, what you can do there in terms of deciding or differentiating, is this person um, ready to be a C-level leader or are they currently a C-level leader, really comes down to one um, measurement. And that is, who are they reporting to? If they're reporting directly to a founder that is a key indicator that this person is typically ready um, to be a C-level executive if they're not already or they don't have that title. And what is their attachment and measurement to the revenue of the business? Okay, so if they have been, um, you know, directly responsible for 10xing the organization and they have a strategy to prove um, or proof on the strategy of how they got the company there, that is, those are indicators of, of someone being um, capable, competent, and ready to be a C-level executive. Someone who can really prove material impact. That is really what you should be looking for. So those are the measurements that are quantifiable. Any questions about that? No, no, that was, that was super helpful. I think from, you know, there's a lot of, you know, in, in the size of companies varies, obviously, and and titles get changed and thrown around a lot. So I think, it's kind of tricky sometimes because 
You know, if you go from a small company, somebody might have a director or VP level title, but then you move them into a larger organization and they might not actually even end up having a, a, a director level title or even higher. So that, that makes the recruitment process a little bit challenging. So I guess, you know, if you remove the titles from the role and you're building out a competency framework or a, a, a development framework, what are some of like, obviously, you know, yourself and your team and, the, you know, all of the leadership agency very focused on, on building out um, recruitment processes for finding really good leaders. Could you talk a bit about, you know, how you go about assessing some of those skills and talents? Because a lot of times people end up not necessarily knowing the best way to do it and just inventing it on the go. And there's, there's a process to this and there's things that you should specifically look for. But, you know, if you were someone that had never done a search for a leader before, what sort of things would you keep them on the lookout for and how would they go about building that framework? Yeah, great question. So I think that, you know, you and I could both agree and anyone listening could probably also agree that, you know, we ourselves um, have probably encountered, you know, incompetent or not great leaders, um, you know, in our own career history and you know, being recruitment professionals, um, have interviewed a lot of them and so on. And um, in large, that's part because businesses tend to promote people um, on the basis of charisma, uh, confidence, and even narcissism. So instead of companies, um, what they should be doing is putting a lot more emphasis um, you know, in people in charge who demonstrate competence, um, humility, I'd say, and integrity. Um, so if you're responsible for assessing leadership candidates, you should probably work on the ability to distinguish between confidence and competence. Um, remembering that overconfidence is typically a natural result of privilege, which is often linked to gender. Um, you know, in, in cases of, you know, if you want to look at how do we get more women in leadership, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, fortunately for, for us as, as talent and people leaders, this has never been a more disrupted space as it is today. <laughs> That's, that is so exciting. And that, that there, there's so much um, opportunity there to really leverage, um, you know, what's available to us that wasn't available to us, you know, five, 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. there's a lot out there that, um, you know, can, can support us and can, can drive forward, um, you know, the way in which we analyze and assess leaders. So there's a lot of um, tools and content out there that, can help us, you know, assess and measure traits, um, whether that's internally, so assessing up and coming leaders in your organization, and or, you know, ruling them out, so to speak, a lot of people want to be leaders, but, um, you know, just don't have what it takes in, in that moment in time, right. So it gives organizations a lot of opportunity to assess who their up and coming uh, leaders are and leaders coming into the organization. So I think that, you know, leveraging um, disruptive technology around um, traits and sort of our genetic code um, as potential leaders in the company is really important. And I think that, you know, really trying to do everything we can beyond a hiring quota to diversify. I, I know mm -hmm. that everyone wants that and, and needs that, but it's not easy to do, right? So um, making a real intentional commitment to diversity, um, especially at a leadership level, um, and in a way itself will um, impact um, how you assess leaders and and hire them moving forward. That's awesome. No, thank you. And and maybe just from a from your perspective, given the fact that you know 
if you're an internal recruiter or if you were working for your own organization, you, you tend to get a little bit tunnel visioned on what your idea of leadership is. And maybe it takes, you know, a perspective from someone outside looking in as to what are some of the trends uh, as far as what's important to, you know, the CEOs and the, the VPs when they're looking for, for leadership on their team. Is there a trend uh, that you've seen as far as how they're looking to assess or is is there something that you think a lot of companies are missing, but once you mention it to them, like, oh, that's that's a really good idea. We should have thought of that. We should have included that into our process. Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a couple of things and a couple of trends um, that I think are really relevant um, to that question. So first being, um, as we all know, as talent uh, professionals, that there's a very big difference between reactive recruitment Mm-hmm. strategic recruitment and mm-hmm. um, you know reactive is is a reality right like how many times do we hear our hiring managers and in my case like our clients say you know we needed this person yesterday and <laughs> right so it, it's triggering because it's like okay like I want to match your urgency and I want to get you somebody who's amazing but sometimes doing it the right way and helping people see things um, that you know to be important um, when you're operating and, and, and recruiting in a reactive environment doesn't always allow you that opportunity to do that, right? And it goes back to hiring what you think you need for today um, and what you're used to hiring, right? So reactive recruitment very rarely allows us to have um, a real impact uh, on recruitment and diversity and on, um, you know, change, right? So that's the first thing that I'm starting to see in terms of trend is that now that so much of what we had to go through as HR and talent professionals is, and I, I, I hesitate to say behind us because that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But what I think we're all experiencing right now and that, you know, I'm seeing a lot with our clients is that we're all uniquely positioned right now to make some strategic choices. Like we had an opportunity to operationally, focused on businesses, on our departments, on our roles, um, you know, over the past little while. And that's allowed us to sort of turn on that strategic light, so to speak. So I'm seeing a lot of that where the companies have had to make changes, you know, from a people perspective, a lot of layoffs, a lot of terminations, a lot of like role amalgamations, um, title changes, comp changes, things like that, that, you know, are very important to the business. And now that we can come up for a bit of air and breathe a little bit, um, it's allowing us to to be a bit more strategic. So that's probably the mm-hmm. trend that I'm seeing is there's quite a bit more that the, the dial has moved in terms of strategic recruitment, which is really exciting because um, that's right. really where the change happens. The other trend that I'm starting to see more and more is, and it's not a, it's not a positive trend, so to speak, but unfortunately, um, you know, what's happening is a lot of HR departments and talent teams um, have really downsized, right? And so yeah. they now their their portfolio, so to speak, or their open requisitions have doubled and, and so on because just by nature of there being less people. Um, and so what we're starting to see on our end as an agency is we're working a lot more closely with founders, um, hiring managers, investors, um, simply because, you know, the professionals that they have internally are just so overwhelmed. Um, again, that goes back to um, there being more strategic conversations. And and so I, I think that um, we're, our 
um, how do I say this? I think that our tolerance for bad hires collectively, um, not bad hires, but bad hiring decisions, mm-hmm. tolerance is a lot lower. And I, and I love that. Right. Right. So it's heading, it's heading in the right re- direction, but it's also, there's this, there's this point at which we've all come up for a little bit of fresh air and taken a bit of a pause and said, how can we be doing things better? But at the same time, there's also the challenge of we need to do things better, but we need to do things better with less from a, from, from a resources perspective, from people actually working on that. So you've seen sort of like this influx of, of, of business, so to speak, which is great um, on like, hey, we need support and, and we want to be more proactive about it. So it's, you know, it's balancing the challenge of the times that we're in, obviously, which it's, it's September of, of 2020 and we're six months into COVID. So it makes sense that teams are leaner than ever and, and we have to respond and react accordingly and, and reaching it to an agency isn't necessarily a bad idea when you want to do things, you know, proactively and, and you're not necessarily in a position to bring on another team to, to help hire. So, no, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I did want to, position over to the employee side. We talked a lot about how you can make an impact and what some of the trends are when it comes to the recruiting side of things. But when it comes to leadership, once they've embedded into the organization, by nature of your job, you're typically talking to directors, VPs, and and, and founders. What what have you seen or heard from, from them um, when it comes to even just developing their own employees or developing themselves um, from a leadership perspective, what what do you see them thinking is important um, uh, when it comes to leadership? Mm-hmm, great question. I think that, you know, what we've all experienced um, collectively, right? Like that's, that is, you know, at the end of the day, the beauty in something like a pandemic where we've all experienced it. It's not, it's, we've experienced it on different levels. We've experienced different degrees of difficulty, you know, but at the end of the day, we've all experienced this, right? And I think mm-hmm. that um, the one thing I'm seeing is that companies, so whether it is, you know, founders or their investors or people who work for these companies, you know, a director or a VP or their employees, that is that, the one consistent thing here is that the, the only way forward, moving forward, is that you have to be a people first um, company. You have to be a people first leader. You have to be a people first um, concept. You know, like that is the only way forward. And so I'm really seeing that in terms of how people are treating each other, um, how they're developing their employees, how they're um, what they're expecting of others, like. People need to come first, um, and that's really the only way forward. And I'm really starting to see that as a trend. Amazing. No, no. Thank you for your thoughts, Jamie. I, re- I really appreciate your insight here. I hope it's really helpful to the entire community. We're going to be doing more of these. As a reminder, Jamie is the founder of the Leadership Agency. Maybe you can talk just very quickly a bit about what the Leadership Agency is and, and does for for the members. Yeah, great. So we, the leadership agency, we were founded really with one purpose, and that's to help our clients lead. And so we are a one-stop shop for startups all throughout North America. So we work with companies that are sometimes even pre-revenue. So seed round to to IPO, 
and really everything in between. We believe that every hire that a startup makes or needs to make is a material impact hire. So we recruit anything from an entire SDR team to a, a chief people officer to a director of uh, product, whatever it may be, any hire that a startup needs to make is where we come in. Amazing. Now, thanks again for your time, Jamie, and uh, really appreciate your thoughts. Great. Thanks so much, Martin. Thank you.